Uh, I told him, I said, man, I said, he, they, you know, they moved to, to Winchester. I said, Bubba, get to church. You know your dad, you know your dad raised you. You know he wants you to get in there. So uh, just pray, 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 amen, that God will just move. Grab your Bibles. We're going to get into the Word. Uh, looking to make some changes starting the 1st of next month, uh, the 1st of September. I think what we're going to do to give us some time here in class to be able to not have to try to hurry or rush things. Uh, I think we're going to change the format of our music. Just like the other classes, come in, just have prayer, and go right into our Sunday school lesson uh, for the first part of the uh, service. And then at 1115, uh, really will highlight the worship and praise. But uh, I really feel like that if we come in and uh, get right into the Word, it gives us a little more time to kind of bring some things out. Second Second Samuel chapter six. Unless you want me to get up and sing on Sundays, I, I, who who brought Tiffany today? No, we love her. That's true. I I can't sing a lick. Second Samuel chapter six is where we want to go to this morning. Second Samuel chapter six. It's ironic me making that announcement. We're going to be talking about worship. Uh, here, Second Samuel chapter six, verse num- <coughs> excuse me, verse num- <coughs> verse number twelve. And it was told the king David, saying, "The Lord hath blessed the house of Obadiah, and all that pertaineth unto him, because the ark of God, because of the ark of God, the presence of God." So David went and brought up <laughs> the ark of God from the house of Obadiah into the city of David with gladness. And it was so that when they bare the ark of the Lord, had gone about six paces, he sacrificed ox and fatlings. David danced before the Lord. Can you imagine David danced before the Lord with all of his might? And David was girded with a linen of ephod. ephod. Uh, that's a priestly garment, by the way. So just so that you know, he didn't, try to hide or shed who he was. So David and all the house of Israel (laughs) brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting. Somebody shout. And with the sound of the trumpet. And as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, uh, Michelle, Saul's daughter, looked through a window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord. I want you to realize how this is framed and how this is worded. Because it wasn't before the people. David was the king. It wasn't before the people. It was before the Lord. Remember that in service. What we do is not for the people or for the service. It's for the Lord. And she seen him out the window and saw King David leaping, dancing before the Lord. And she despised him in her heart. And they brought in the ark of the Lord and set it in his place in the midst of the tabernacle that David had pitched for it. David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. Amen. Verse number twenty or verse number 18. <clears throat> and as soon as he made an end of the offering, the burnt offerings, the peace offering, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of hosts. And he dealt among all the people, among the whole multitude of Israel, as well as to the women as, and as men, to everyone a cake of bread, and a good piece of flesh, and a flagon of wine. So all the people departed, everyone, to his house. 
Then David returned, amen, to bless his household. And Michelle, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, How glorious. Now, we know what sarcasm is. How glorious was the king of Israel today who uncovered himself in the eyes of the handmaidens. Sounds like there might be a little bit of jealousy there too. Handmaidens of his servants. As one of the vain fellows shamelessly uncovereth himself. And David said unto Michelle, It was before the Lord which chose me before thy father and before all his house to appoint me ruler, ruler over the people of the Lord, over Israel. Therefore will I play before the Lord. And I will yet, I like this part, I will yet be more vile than this and will be base in my own sight. And of the maiden, maidservants and that, and which thou hast spoken of, of them shall I be had in honor. Therefore, Michelle, the daughter of Saul, had no child until the day of her death. Sounds like she marked her own self. Going back to verse number 14, and David danced before the Lord with all his might. I want to teach this morning about restoring worship. Say it, restoring worship. Thank you. You can be seated. How many would agree worship is a vital part of our walk with the Lord? It absolutely is. And first thing I think to understand is to talk about the ark for just a moment. Uh, the ark was a symbol or it was a type of God's glory, his presence. Today we would liken the ark as the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of the Lord, indwelling in these temples. Amen. So the ark excuse me, was called the Ark of the Covenant. And so it symbolized, amen, God. So wherever the people of the Lord went, the Ark went before them. And so it was something that God had established with Moses. Here in 2 Samuel, God's people, Israel, was involved. They were involved uh, heavily in a battle with its enemy. Uh, Israel's enemies always been Palestine or Palestinians. We would call them. Uh, there's always been a riff uh, going all the way back. It's always been a problem. And uh, they were in a battle with the enemy, the, the Philistines. And sadly, uh, and I say this because there's not 100% proof in being able to tie this, but there's a couple of scriptures that let us know. Possibly, I believe, the heathen sons of the high priest at the time, Eli, had an idea. They had a great idea, they thought. And sometimes great ideas sound good at first and may have good reasoning. Because when you look at what they did, they thought it would be a great idea to carry the Ark of the Covenant, amen, the presence of God, out into the middle of the battlefield. They thought it would be a good idea. Have the Lord out there. And I don't know whether they thought uh, it would, you know, he would fight their battle for them. Or, but they thought, well, at least the Lord would go before us. That had to be the, the reasoning. But Eli's sons, they thought that the best thing for them to do would be to carry that out and, and set that in the midst of the battlefield. And while it may sound like a good idea, 
to have the presence of God there. But really, they foolishly believed they could use it as a battle weapon. I think that was probably the point. But what happened was it backfired. The Philistines captured it. They took it. Now, now think about that for a minute. Because to me, when I, when I read this sometimes, I, I think, how in the world can someone capture the presence of God unless God allows it? Because that shows us something here in the beginning. Sometimes maybe we overlook. God had a purpose even in the uncertainty or even in something that may not have seemed smart. God had a purpose. And it goes back to David, the heart of David. And we will talk about that in just a minute. But they put the, put the Ark of the Covenant out in the battlefield. And it was captured and taken back to the capital, amen, of Palestine. And I can just imagine what a celebration they had knowing what they had just did to Israel. Because they were in constant battle. And now look, we got something that was precious to them. They knew it was precious to them too. And so the Palestinians, they kept it and they put it in the temple of Dagon, their God, who they worship. And, of course, I'm, I'm going to make this a long story short. We know that when they put the presence of God in the presence of Dagon, guess what happened? They kept coming back and finding Dagon falling forward toward the ark toward the presence of the Lord. And it happened a few times to where finally, guess what? The Lord got tired of it. Uh, there's something in this if you'll listen carefully. The head and the hands broke off. Come on, it's something for us to realize. What's here and what's here is important to our God. What we bow to, what we succumb to, means something to the Lord. And so, finally, it broke into pieces, uh, the head and the hands. And so what they do in frustration, uh, they, gathered, they gathered up the ark and they took it back and gave it back to Israel. Can I stop and say this? Because I do believe I've encountered this. There are some people in life that I've run across, you may have, that the moment you talk about God, the, mo the moment you talk spiritual things, man, they're, they're ready to get out. They're ready to send you back. And so the moment, amen, truth showed them that, hey, listen, this just ain't working because they kept going in, kept going in. And he'd fallen down. Finally, the Lord said, that's enough, okay. And the head and the hands were broke off. And so when they sent it back to Israel, and, of course, the people of God was overjoyed. This is where we're at. They were excited. They were, they were overjoyed at what had taken place. But it was taken to a place in Judah that says uh, Karjarth Jerim. I don't know if I'm saying that right. That was actually about 10 miles from Jerusalem. And so... Uh, you know, just getting the ark back was exciting. But something troubled David in his spirit. It's not where it's supposed to be. David knew it should be in Jerusalem. Amen. And so he began to 
pray, and he began to seek God, but he never could get past. It's got to get back here. So he had an urge to bring it back to the capital, to Jerusalem. Because, listen, when you think about it, ever since the ark was made or put together, the ark, and I get this because it was the central point of Israel, of the people of God. The Holy Ghost you have should be the central point of your life. We should focus more on the Holy Ghost and less on ourselves and other things. Come on. Think about it. It should be the focal point. It should be the central point of our lives uh, as it was then. So the ark was so important. It was the center point of Israel's worship of God. It always, it always traveled with them. Now, something that you may not know. The ark was carried. See, the only one that could see the ark was the priest, the high priest, uh, that, that ever went into to, before the ark, the presence of God. But when the, they would get on the move, that's the only time the ark would be visible, but it wasn't visible. You probably, some probably don't know this, but when they would pack up the tabernacle, the priest would cover, cover the ark with the, with the covering that divided the holy of holies and the holy place. And the ark was covered. And so when, the, when they were on the move, the only thing they seen was the Levitical priesthood who bore the ark. All they seen was the, was the stakes, was the wood where they carried the ark because the ark was covered. Now that's exciting to me. Why? Because, listen, God, that's why there's some things that God does that we don't understand. There's some things that we do in the church that people don't understand. This place is a holy place. How we dress, how we look, how we conduct ourselves means something. God required, amen, listen, God required the ark to be covered. Not seen by everyone else. Think about that. He kept it holy. He kept it separate. He kept it, amen, for the ministry, for what his purpose, what his calling was for them to come in and make sacrifice for the people. So we got to understand, amen, when it was moved, the priest covered it. Matter of fact, put up Numbers chapter 4, verse 5, so you can see it for yourself. The priest covered the ark with a heavy veil that separated the holy place from the holy of holies. And the only visible parts were seen by the people were the wooden stakes on each side, which only the ministry, the Levites, could carry it. You see, David had a desire to get, to get back to true worship, the worship, true worship of God. And he felt the only way that was going to happen is for the ark to come back to where it should be. Now, we know by the scripture, it took two attempts. Somebody say two. It took two attempts. First time, they didn't do it right, put their hands on it, tried to steady it. You think, again, reasoning would say, hey, that sounds logical, but that wasn't what God's plan and what God wanted. You don't touch God's anointing. You don't touch God's anointing with your hands, with your lips, with your thoughts. Oh, Jesus. Come on, think about it. So it didn't work. So David had to inquire because it had been a while. 
And so David inquired and found out the proper way it was supposed to be done. And so think about it. his desire to get true worship back, amen, and to be in the presence of God. Now we know what David meant in Psalms 27, amen, when he talked about this desire I have. Put that up for me. Uh, uh, Psalms 27, verse 4. <laughs> he said, and and we, we've talked about it and talked about it. We, we've quoted it. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the day. Now listen, does that mean that you're in the house of God every No. He, he wasn't there 24-7. But all his life, he's going to serve the Lord. Dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord. The ark's got to be in its place because the presence of God, there's nothing like it. And to inquire in his temple, verse 5, And for in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. And now shall my head be lifted up Above my enemies around about me, therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices, come on, read that, of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Not because of the music, not because of the singing, but because of my heart. He said, I desire. I understand, amen, where my strength and where my help comes from. It comes from God. It don't come from anybody. And that's why I sing. That's why I rejoice. That's why I'm happy. That's why I have joy. I know. I know we got these pickle faces we're stuck with. We got this dread we feel that sometimes, listen to me. If church is a dread to you, you need an altar experience. You need to get a hold of God and say, listen, I've lost my desire to be in the house of God. In the presence of the Lord. Well, I can, I can be that way in my house. Well, tell David. He could have been that way in the kingdom where, where he was a king. He didn't have to go to the temple, but he wanted to be in the presence of God. Why? Because God had determined, amen, where he was. He was at the ark, in the ark, over the ark. And that's why it's called a covenant. God filled you with the Holy Ghost. He has given you a covenant with him against this world. I'm going to take you out of here if you'll obey me. If you'll love me. If you'll believe me. If you'll trust me. Oh, there's things that come. We act like, well, you know, one, no, 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 no. That's just the beginning. And I'm going to say this to some. If you haven't ever spoken tongues, you should. And if, and if you don't often, you should. Because you should get into a place to where, amen, you can talk to God and begin to speak that heavenly language so your spirit 
will intercede for you. This is why some people struggle so much. We don't have that secret place with the Lord. We don't have that desire that we used to have. Amen. His desire was what? Singular. It wasn't just a whole list of things. Just to be in the presence of God. In fact, I'm going to say it probably this way. It may not be correct. But I believe he was obsessed. I believe David had an obsession with getting the ark where it belonged, back to Jerusalem. Because when, I know by my own experience, when God puts something on you, man, you just, I mean, there's nothing else important. There's nothing else on your mind. I mean, it's like you've got to do it now and get it done. Sometimes there is that urgency. That's why people ought to have a feeling about church. I can't wait to get there. Yeah, I got quiet. It always does. Because we know where we're living. We're not living where we should with God. Not with people or not with things. We know we're not living. I, I, I promise you. Let, let me have a five-night revival. A five-night revival, I promise you, not everyone will be there every night. I promise you not 50% will be there every night. I promise you if we're lucky, 25 or 30% will be there every night. And don't tell me, oh, I got things to do. I don't care. God don't care about your yard. He don't care about doing your laundry. Come on, those things can be caused. Thank God for modern conveniences. We take, we, we take full advantage of it. Thank God for it. But it should give us more time. Your microwave is food anyway. No. Come on. We've got to start being honest with God because liars ain't going to make it to heaven. When we're not doing the right thing, we're doing wrong. We know there's, and I say this all the time, one line is going to hinder a lot of people. And I'm not talking about worldly people. I'm talking about Christians. Them that know to do good and do it not, to them it is sin. Once, once you get, listen, David had that unction. David had that feeling. I don't, I can't get comfortable. I can't get past this. I've got to get the ark back to where it's supposed to be. Come on. It's like us today. We've got to realize we're living in a dark world. We're living in crazy times. But we've got to get the church back to where it needs to be. We've got to get the presence of God. Amen. In the right place. Our kids depend upon it. Our community depends upon it. We depend upon it. I just said this to somebody. Some people, man, change just blows people's mind. Oh. We stopped having more services, and some of you are even less in service, in the less services that we have. We started a Sunday service now, I guarantee you. Oh, my God. We got food. We got all. Well, we had it for years. Growing up, we didn't have two weekend, just weekend revivals. I know some of you may be sitting here. Got delivered in a five, four, five, six-week revival. 
When I say that, what does that really mean to you? I mean, you personally. It means some people made the sacrifice to have things going, have the doors open, so somebody, amen, can be delivered. Because that's what we got to get back to. Amen. We're just been trying to maintain ourselves and keep ourselves under, amen, or in the church or however you want to label it. Amen. That should not be. The Spirit of God should not be treated that way. Amen. You should love the Lord no matter what. I don't care what's going on in your life, how bad things are. We should love God anyway for who He is, for the Holy Ghost He gave me, for the truth that He showed me. What happened to that church? What happened to that meaning? What happened to that passion? Come on. We've got to get the church back to where it's supposed to be. In the center point of our life. Not just whatever's left over. Listen, I've been saying this. Some of you, you don't get it. You're just still doing the same thing. How frustrating do you think God has to feel? If we get frustrated about some things, how do you think he feels spiritually? Very frustrating. I I believe we break God's heart. Over and over and over. He's already paid the price. How would you feel? Who needs a car? You been in a vehicle? Yeah, you better not raise your hand. You know, I'll get you. If you need a vehicle and somebody told you, go down and get us, I got you one, just go pick it up. Sounds exciting, don't it? How would you feel if you didn't go get it? My God, I've been listening to you for the last six months, complain, cry, moan, and groan about needing a vehicle, needing transportation. I make the way for you, and what do you do? You go back to the junk that I I took you out of. You're too busy to go get what I've already paid for. Oh, are you getting this? The Lord doesn't pay. The Holy Ghost is free. He says, here, go get it. Where are we at? Well, I couldn't get there. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I would have walked. I'd have called somebody. Get me up there. I would have paid for an Uber if I could scrape together enough money because it's free. Church services are free. The Spirit of the Lord is free. Listen, think about it. And, and, and I hate to say it this way because I sound so condescending. David had something most of us don't. And we're supposed to have the Holy Ghost too. He had to inquire. He had to allow the Spirit to move upon him and not reside in him. Isn't it? Let's just be honest. Isn't it shameful? And then we want to justify, well, we're only human, Andrew. I'm only human. You know, we all have flaws. Well, what do you do? You're talking to yourself out of heaven? 
Because I guarantee you, ain't none of them going to be there. You say, Brother Purdue, are you saying we have to be perfect? No, but we are complete in him, and we're to strive for perfection. That means we've got to get up every day and make our mind up. We're going to live holy. We're going to serve the Lord. It don't matter whether the car breaks down. It don't matter whether somebody calls you and gives you bad news. We're still going to serve the Lord because it's the Lord. It's his presence. John 4, 24. We know it. The woman at the well. God told her, God is the spirit. And they believe that. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Because David symbolizes to us long before what Jesus says to this woman. He symbolizes and shows us that we've got to worship the Lord. We've got to love the Lord with everything that we have. And in the presence of whoever, even in controversy, even when people make fun of you. Oh, look at you. You're just like everybody else. You're just like the common guy. You're just like, oh, my Lord. Now, I don't know. I think the best thing David could have did was picked her up and throwed her out the window. Just like the Jezebel spirit. Let the dogs eat it. But you know what? God took care of it. God could take God took, God's ta- God takes care of it. We we sometimes think, man, people are doing things and crazy, and we oh, the, 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 it seems like maybe they're getting blessed and things. No, that's not that's not what's happening. It's not that they're getting blessed. It's not things good things are happening. She lived all her life, never had a child. I guarantee you, that tells me that somewhere in her spirit, that's all that she really wanted. God wouldn't have pointed it out. The Lord wouldn't allow us to know about it because we wouldn't know about it. We've got to learn to worship. We've got to restore worship to ourselves in spirit and in truth. In spirit, what does that mean? What does it mean to be? It's heartfelt. It's here. It's not here. It's not just my head. It's here. My worship to God is not based on what song's being sung, and it's not the song I feel like it should be. My worship says, you know what, I, I, I can worship the Lord. It doesn't matter whether the words or whether the music or whether somebody else is on track or tune. Guess what? I worship the Lord because it's Him. Come on. And if you can't get your mind off, close your eyes and don't watch everybody else. desire. Notice he said it's my desire. Not what I'm made to do. I get sick and tired of hearing people on Facebook and all these people being forced to this. Ain't nobody forces nobody to do nothing. People do the things they want to do. Act the way they want to act and don't blame it on everybody else. Because I guarantee you when you stand before God and look at me in the eye you ain't going to be able to blame it on Brother Purdue. You ain't going to be able to blame it on Heritage Apostolic Tabernacle. Be like the parable. Of that. Well, I knew you was rough. I knew, you know, he, he, he's just straightforward. He's just branded. He's just bold. He's just. Where's your heart? 
You see, because the other good thing about this. And, 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 and notice why he didn't have to he didn't have to say, listen, here's what we're gonna do. Because here's what happens to us. And I'm I'm gonna be guilty. I'll start with me first. Sometimes when something happens, the first thing you want to do is plan your attack. And when it was taken, I'm sure David had to fight and had to in his mind say, wait a minute. We're going to go get that. I don't care how many lives it costs. I don't care. We're going to go get that ark back. But look what God did. Be patient. Be patient. God will fight your battle. Truth will prevail. Always does. It's difficult. I ain't going to lie. It's difficult sometimes. But truth always prevails. And while in that whole, I think about 10 years, in that whole time period, Guess what? We're, we're feeling like we're walking around without. I don't. It's happening over. They're celebrating, Andrew. They're celebrating. Oh, that just burns me up. That tears me up. Huh. I mean, a long time. This wasn't just, you know, an overnight thing. Years. But look what God did. Kaboom, kaboom, kaboom. Get rid of it. Remember the parable of the unjust judge? What was taking place? This, this, it wasn't some chick. Notice what's taking place. This unjust judge, he was a sinner. He, was, he wasn't in church. He wasn't a priest. He wasn't a godly person. She wasn't a chick. She wasn't. He wasn't. But notice, notice what's used here for us to see in this parable. The, <clears throat> it's for us to see. Keep going to God. Keep going to God. Keep going. Keep asking. Keep being persistent. Because he shows us that no matter what the situation, whether it's godly or not, if we will be persistent, God will give us, we know by the word of the Lord, our heart's desire. It was in David's heart. I want the presence of God back. I want God to be where he's supposed to be in my life. It's hard for me to feel that way when it's over there. Oh, Jesus. Come on, I think we all can relate to those heartfelt feelings. It's hard. It's not easy. And I don't know whether the Lord told David over and over, I got this, I got this, I got this. But he was patient enough to wait. <laughs> and they sent it back. God knows what he's doing. God knows how to take care of you. If you have a desire, if your heart's in something, guess what? But if your heart's in that junk that God brought you from, guess what? You're going to find yourself going, Right back to it. Like a dog returning to his own vomit, the word says. How disgusting. We don't see it, but that's how God sees it. Like a dog going back and eating what he already had eaten. Pretty ugly. Pretty nasty. 
disgusting. But it's a heart. It's a heart condition. It's where our heart is. God is a spirit. And they, we, you, and I that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. Heartfelt is in spirit. Genuine is in truth. Be genuine, not fake, not programmed. Come on, one of the things that drives a pastor up a wall is when the music stops and the worship stops. Drives me up a wall. We've been programmed. We're programmed to just A, B, C, and D. We're programmed to have somebody come out here, and when we pray, I, I have to tell guys, pray in the microphone because people just don't know when to quit. They don't know. They just... Our prayers should be louder than the preachers, than the one MC, than the one over here. We should have a noise level out there in our prayers, in our worship, instead of waiting for someone to program it. Cheerleader, we call it sometimes. Come on, I'm just trying to teach to our class. We should never be ins- insincere. Well, and here's what I've heard. Well, I just didn't feel good tonight. I just didn't feel like it. Really? Really? I understand health. I understand I understand frustration. <laughs> What's that got to do with God? It's called life. It's called stuff. It's called flesh, not spirit. It's called true, trueness to the heart. Lord, I'll worship you. I'll praise you. Because you, you know what? He knows you don't feel good. He knows, he knows what you're battling. He knows your mind's full. But then we say, the joy of the Lord is our strength. And the whole time we're shriveling up. And the whole time we're doing things, and when we start shriveling up, guess what? It's, that's what gives us the strength to go back to what we was. Because the spirit in us is not genuine. We're allowing ourselves to be affected by our flesh and our feelings. And if we have a true love for God's presence, songs don't matter. Our goofy kids moving around shouldn't matter. Come on. We're, I mean, I don't know how people in the back sit in the back. I can never sit in the back of a church. Too much distraction. Get out of there. Get up so that you can focus on the things of God because everything gets our attention. Really, I'm serious. It takes a strong person. Well, almost. To be in the sound booth, the media. Because you're disconnected from things in a lot of ways. There's still means of worship and praise and things, but it's still a disconnection because you're trying to stay on on task. That's why I always encourage our praise team and our, our musicians. Man, you feel the Lord? Get up, run, jump, do whatever. I don't care about them drums. I don't care about the bass. I don't care about the music. Amen. Move. If God says move, if you feel like running and praising God, Run and praise God. We'll get by because, listen, because we're not programmed. Right? 
we'll stop singing. What are they doing? Jenny, you're leading song. What are you, who's going to do it? Turn around. Listen, we've got a, David, David was not like, that's why he's such a good source to refer to. Because we know David had mistakes, and I've talked about that before. We know David had mistakes, but he was a, a man after God's own heart. Let me wind down here. What? Oh, man, I'm late. Last thing, 2 Samuel, put up 6.15. Back up there. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting, with sound of the trumpet. Do you know there's churches that believe music is not proper? They don't have music. Look at your neighbor and say, thank the Lord we do. Stand with me. The presence of God brought them, brought them to a place to where shouting, music, Dancing, sacrificing. Look at me. Smile. Joy. I don't even know the Lord's in the house. Well, look around. There's some people has got some joy about them. You'll see it in them. There's, uh, believe me, there's times I'll walk up here and think, oh, Lord, you know my heart. When I let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Because when I look around, sometimes I see people going through things and know things. Sometimes it's heavy. And sometimes it's distracting in your mind. and You think, but the purpose I'm here, the time that we're setting aside here now is our time to worship you, Lord. And notice, notice the king, the leader in his priestly garments. Look what he did. In front of everybody. Now, you know what? Watch. Because I guarantee you there's not one devil say, oh, I ain't afraid of him. Look what he's doing. Did you get that? Ain't no devil. Oh, I'm afraid of him. Look, he's out there dancing, carrying on like some fool. I promise you the devil realizes what he's doing and what he's doing it for. And he's not going to take that for granted because he knows, amen, what's in somebody's heart. Amen. When they're showing a worship and a praise, that doesn't matter what other people are thinking. So what did he do? It didn't bother David that he was the king and he was out there. But what happened? When he got home, mama, oh, look at you today. Uh-huh. Usually happens in family. It usually happens in family. You can, man, you can have something great and then somebody got to say something crazy. Well, what do you got to do that for? You don't got to speak in tongues. You don't got to do all that. You ain't got to jump and shout and run. You, no, you don't have to. I want to. I want the presence of God. I want to feel the joy of the Lord. He, 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 listen, he knew. He knew the happiness of, of, of being in the presence of God. He knew no restraints. Well, I, well I'm the king. You know, I run things. I got to watch how people look at me. Oh, sometimes we feel that way. Sometimes there's 
merit for those kind of things, especially probably when he's dealing with warriors and, 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 and men of valor. Sometimes you got to look at somebody that's supposed to be strong. Do your job, boy. Get out there on the front line. Fight. Fight the fight of faith. You talk about faith all the time. Start exercising it. Come on, lift your hands all over this place because the presence of God, which was with the ark, now 